One Sacred Pause with Jessica Winder. All right, welcome everybody to the One Sacred Pause podcast. My name is Jessica and I'm your host. And today I'm going to be talking with Satu Tuomela about Tantra and um, kind of these other practices that classical yoga maybe hasn't recognized as much. And I can't wait to see where this conversation takes us. So welcome, Satu. Thank you so much. I'm equally excited yeah, <laughs> to be here. Mm. That's great. And, and you know, you and I actually just met this past weekend at the Copenhagen Yoga Festival. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Yes. We were both teaching and it's just, it's so fun. I love kind of seeing, you know, we talk a lot in the yoga community about how small it actually becomes <laughs> when you've been teaching and you start to meet other teachers and studio owners and stuff. So. It is always fun for me to travel here in Scandinavia and meet new teachers. Yeah, and I think like the vibe here is like super nice. It's super cozy, you know, and everybody is just so friendly. And yeah, I think it's it's turning into more like you know collaborate collaboration over competition. So I'm I'm really glad to see that happening. Yes. Yeah, I agree, and it's. Um, you and I were talking just a minute ago before we started recording about how uh, something that you and I have in common is kind of this dedication or interest in integrity and in the choices we make as teachers and those collaborations. Yes, definitely. I think it's becoming more and more important just to kind of, I, I feel like I, I owe it to yoga and, mm. well, obviously Tantra. I owe it to, to them to keep it super clear and super, I don't know, like respectful and just being, and not, not just, you know, doing whatever, just because, yes. you know, I need to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Need, yeah. Well, you know. And yeah, and along those lines too, I've seen... <laughs> the make it up variety where people (laughs) or teachers just kind of uh, maybe don't really follow or honor a lineage or even take the studentship of yoga that seriously. Yeah. That's what we call like, what was, what was that word again? (laughs) That's cultural misappropriation. Yes. So that's like kind of taking yoga, but taking it out of its roots. Yes. So we don't want to do that. Or it's it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to judge people doing this because I see it all the time and it's not, it it usually doesn't come from a bad place. They just have been taught that, or they have not been taught that. Yes. So they have become yoga teachers and they love it. And I totally resonate with that and they want to share it and they want to hold space for people, but then it's kind of without its roots, you know, without actually that being so much yoga in a way. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, but like, I, th- I think people are very open to it. So if, if, if this kind of, this conversation will expand, I, I think there are a lot of listening ears. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and for me in my school, the Atman Yoga School and for you mm-hmm. and your studios and your teacher training programs, um, you know, we really have that ability to guide our students into that space of understanding about the respect for the practice and where it comes from. And hopefully then they can expand as they become teachers and take it out into their Mm. communities and continue to build the collective. You know, we can keep that message strong that you stay a student, you respect the practice, you act with integrity (laughs) and that's the yoga (laughs) in action. Yeah, I I totally agree. And then there's this very interesting point also that yoga should be like everything in in going with evolution Mm. so how do we do that (laughs) right so (laughs) it's still it's supposed to be in the now right yeah that's yoga being in the now so the practice should also be in the now so it's very interesting for me to talk about this and kind of these are things that I ponder about like how do I do it so still have you know I, I love using music in my classes and I really use it not just like playing in the background yes because it's part like you, music is and sounds that's like part of not a yoga. Also. Exactly. So, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, okay. Then that's, that's the thread into the classical teachings. Like now we have this music, then it was something else, you know, and 
yeah, it's interesting, but still have the integrity there. Still like completely honor the lineage. And I like me, I, I never kind of, I've been almost, yeah, I've been teaching almost 20 years. So first it was Ashtanga, like (laughs) many people, right? Many people, that was the, you know, that was the only yoga actually that was in Finland at that time, I think, or there was some Hatha that was considered Hatha, obviously like Hatha is everything basically, but, but like, I, I remember that coming from that place, place, and it was very, you know, old school Ashtanga. It took me a while to kind of find my way into the more philosophical teachings. Funny, funny like that, right? Like it's, it was very much about just doing the practice and it's, it, it was about me and it was not about like my relationship with the world. Yeah. It was just, it, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just about like my relationship to me. Right. Well, and I mean, I do think the practice meets us where we are when we come in the door, Um, you know, and hopefully we are lucky enough to have uh, really rooted teachers around us or have friends who can refer us to teachers Mm -hmm. who are really in the practice, living the practice so that we can learn um, perhaps beyond just the asana. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, And can start to embody the philosophy and the other practices. Yeah. So that came later when I actually realized that I'm living in this world. (laughs) So I need to have a, you know, I need to know where these teachings come from and I need to be able to interact with the world the most, like most, the best way possible, right? As authentic as possible and all this, that, that came from still kind of excavating into myself. Yeah. But I see many people also kind of trapped in it. So they kind of box themselves into themselves and I don't know. In like what ways do you think? I think, well, yeah, I know I'm like pondering here. <laughs> no, it's great. But it's just very interesting that I see it like it's the yoga sutras, which are amazing. I'm not like I, this, what I'm saying is not going to, like, I don't want to take anything away from them or anything like that. And I've studied them too before I transitioned into the tantric teachings. But there it's very much guided into you and inside of you. And that is amazing. But there's no kind of, talk about relationship with the outside world other than like obviously like the five or eight limbs some of them you know yeah about like how to the yamas kind of yes the yamas and yeah but still I was kind of trapped in in me I don't know how else to explain it it was just I was very trapped in me and I I, I think I became also very judgmental in a way mm. about like others and I felt like disconnection, like there's others and then there's me a lot. And I need to do this for myself in relationship to other people, not thinking of them with the niyamas, for example. And it's not like, I'm not saying that that's the teaching. No, but that was like uh, how I was perceiving it. Yes. You know, so it was very interesting to kind of from that place to come into this more lineage based teachings and like really like super holy teachings of tantra Mm. what was so much so much reverence in in these teachings so oh I love that you know I totally agree with you I think there is a way to walk that line between Mm -hmm. really honoring the tradition and the wisdom and yet also being a modern yogi like being part of the very real uh, world, not just living in this esoteric context. Of- exactly. Like yoga is coming with us. So yeah. it's part of evolution. So it, and it should be. So, and I think, you know, there's, there are so many different lineages and so many different styles, not just of the umbrella or under the umbrella of yoga or meditation, but mm-hmm. within any of the religious traditions in the totally, world as yes. well. And for me, that actually feels very freeing because I feel mm. like I have permission for myself to just kind of find the practice or the school or the teacher that I really resonate with. And yes. that is going to support me and encourage me in being the most present being that I can. Yes. And, and like, that's the thing. Yeah. Presence. That's, that's, that's the thing. Like you got to find yourself in the now 
and whatever teachings, whatever ways that will kind of support you in finding that and being there, completely being there with that, that's, that's, I think, super important. And that's what we have with yoga. There's so many, like you said, so many lineages, so many practices, so many teachers and some, someone, some things, many things will resonate with you and they might also change, right? Like mm. you said, like it, it serves at some point, or I think we talked about this before we started to the recording, but like some practices resonate at some point in your life and then other practices in another point in your life. And I think that's the way it should be. <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree because if we're not continuing to evolve and ask questions and learn more, Mm-hmm. then I think at some point we're going to end up just regressing along the spiritual path rather than making progress. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we end up saying, this is the right thing and this is the wrong thing. Yes. The ego gets involved. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So this and is right. <laughs> yes. And then it comes back to what you were saying before, too, about that element of separation. Like, yes. rather than feeling connected and like we're one, then yeah. we get into sort of this, for lack of a better analogy, I'm so sorry, pissing match <laughs> between I love that. the different, you know, schools or lineages of yoga. And it's like, I'm right. This is the true yoga. No, I'm right. This is the true yoga. And it's like, man, take a chill pill. Can't we exactly. just see that we're all striving for the same thing, which ultimately is connection to source. But that's the thing. Like, why can't we just try to find pathways like between our traditions? Yeah. Like, why do we need to find like separation? Like yeah. why? what? But I think it's, it goes like that's this is a whole different podcast now but yeah. it goes into the like human brain functioning right like oh, neuro, neuroscience like I think we're just like wired to do that and that there's teaching in tantra also that talks about it like you put yeah you probably heard about it also maya right yeah yeah so yes so <laughs> it's yeah. just it's how it is uh but that that's not an excuse to be with that's just how it is we, we can break break free from that and right we can do better create, yes we can definitely do better yeah. we should yeah I think it stems <laughs> from a little bit of, of this fear-based mentality of you know as long as we can identify and you know put these borders or parameters around what it is we study what it is we do then yeah. we feel safe like this false sense of security almost and that leads to fighting <laughs> yeah and that's that's kind of like the alignment conversation going oh, on or has, yeah so yeah <laughs> yes one of my favorites I'm I know but, I'm with you and I think you've been a little bolder than I have in your stance mm-hmm. on that but um but I I am in agreement <laughs> but but I'm never saying like this is I think that now I got it like now I got it very clear yeah. so I'm not saying because I'm not saying that you should completely like not go through rules yeah or like or we had this conversation like with one other teacher like if you actually move intuitively then you move like with your strengths yes. and you should you should also strengthen your weaknesses you know mm-hmm. what I mean yes but but my point is that yoga for me is not training I train I train my body to uh strengthen my weaknesses for me yoga is about energy yes yoga is about liberating energy yoga is about like fulfilling my my now with the expression of prana that is the most truthful Mm. so that's why I do like you were in my class so I, I do I invite you to really kind of go with intuition go with your body and not not with like oh I should be doing this I want to do this yeah <laughs> but just to, just to explore where your body's taking you because that's the liberative then you give let me just put it other in another way then you put then you give yourself permission to go with what is mm-hmm. eventually but it's hard it's hard but it's it's a practice yeah so yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and especially, again, it comes back to that idea of so often just in the regular world, we are taught like this, this metric system, meaning we mm-hmm. measure our success against other people, what kind of job they have, what kind of car they drive, how big is their house. 
how they move. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it comes into the asana, yeah. how they move, yeah. who's got the, you know, sharpest the, handstand or the oh lotus. And it's, yeah. it's counterintuitive to the spiritual practice. Um, it's, that's awesome if you're rooted in the present moment through your body and the movement. But if you're harming yourself because you're making yourself do yeah. something that your body is physically not capable of, mm-hmm. then... And, yeah, and it, it, it like, it it's also in the moment, like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, you know, a form yeah. or a pose or a movement or a practice. Like that's, that's the, that's the way it is. And yeah, yoga has always been though, this, I, I think, I think <laughs> has always been the, the teaching also that is kind of aligning with Tantra a lot mm. is to be with like, what is there? Yeah. Like what is there? There's breath. There's the movement that breath brings. There's this and not, and then maybe we'll manipulate the breath with pranayama, of course. But like first it always starts with what is, what is there? Like what is here in this moment? Yeah. It's the observation part that has to come before we can do anything else. Exactly. We need to arrive. Right. We need to arrive. Yeah. I totally Mm. agree. I think that is the practice of yoga first and foremost. Like there's no way... There's that saying, you have to crawl before you walk. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like you have to be able to observe the present moment, but without judgment, without attachment to the best of your ability. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then yeah, and you, you will fail. So many yeah, times. you're going to fail. It's a given. <laughs> but the more that we practice that observation component, I think it is easier for us to strengthen, you know, the neural pathways of the brain that allow us to then just kind of be like, oh, okay, this is the present moment. This is where I'm at. This is what's happening. What next? Yeah, and awareness expands most when you move slowly. Not yes. only not it's and it's not only about your body; it's yes. your mind also. Like it's not mind is not the bad guy at all. Like mind should be, like it's mind with the body. It's not you know. Let's just get out of the mind and get into the body. Right. No, that that's also about separation. Yes, and that we hear all the time. I think it's just like misunderstandings all the time. Lost in translation, in a way. <laughs> yeah, and a it's, lot. you know, I think it also speaks to teaching technique where, yeah. you know, some teachers find it easier to just default to cues that they've heard other teachers use, even if maybe they're not the oh, most optimal. so true. Yeah, and so, you know, then, of course, that brings in the whole other element for another podcast about, you know, refining our teaching techniques and yeah allowing that to be a reflection of the present moment and the bodies we see in front of us, not some photocopied carbon copy recording of another teacher. Exactly. That's, but th- then you need a lot of courage. I talk about it in my trainings a lot. Mm. You need to need to have a lot of courage. Ah, me too. I think our trainings might be very similar in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you need like you, if you're there and like encouraging people to open up, and for them to completely feel themselves, you yeah. need to open up. You need yes. to completely feel yourself. You need to, you need to have the courage to be vulnerable. Yes. And so take it's risks. so yeah, exactly. And take risks. Like who cares? Like if you fail or quote unquote fail. Yes. <laughs> if you think you failed, you know, like it's just part of life. We <laughs> we I'm trying not to judge at all. Like that's my biggest practice. Mm. Not to judge anything at all that's why I say something and then I'm like but yeah (laughs) I think it's coming from a good place you know like I'm really trying not to judge anything but it still happens obviously yeah it's just part of being a human it is absolutely (laughs) but you know the more aware we are it's just I actually I talked about this I don't know in a previous pod actually the first podcast I think where I I was saying something about how sometimes I just get exhausted from the observation (laughs) Oh my God, yes. And, you know, then we have to work extra hard to refill ourselves up and our energy reserves, our OJS. And yeah, it's it's a full-time mm. job doing this yoga thing. Practice, it is. Not even the teaching, just the practice. Yeah. And that's so important. Like I know many, many teachers that don't practice because mm. the, their time is with teaching. Like they teach like 20 classes per week. Yeah. Or something like ridiculous. But I, I do understand that because of money yeah. like we need money and that's that's the that's it but I I feel I feel well I'm, I'm trying to I coach a lot of like young teachers mm-hmm. and about like 
this collaboration over competition and all this like self-care yeah and and all of that and I see a lot of burnout everywhere yeah and me I've, too. I've got I've gone through one myself yeah me so too that's why <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now I I know like what what is very much needed in this kind of profession where you're really truly like the most important thing perhaps if somebody would ask me about being a teacher is your space holding abilities yeah it is so like really your presence and if you have no practice no meditation practice i'm not i'm not talking only asana but no practice like no sadhana yeah i don't i don't know how like i i don't know how it's going to be possible well it's not sustainable yeah. you can it's not sustainable at all i yeah. Anecdotally, I give it three years teaching some yeah. time like that, running yourself ragged and not replenishing mm. and not creating those sustainable self-care practices or rituals. Yeah. You're you're gonna hit the wall. And it's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when. And yeah. you know, I also think there's a little bit coming back to this idea of like responsibility and integrity. Yeah. I think there is a little bit of responsibility or onus on senior teachers to really educate the up and coming Just- teachers. To about set the an example, an yes. example, yes, absolutely. I think so too. Like I really feel responsible. Like I do, and that's why I don't. You don't see me put so many of uh, like advanced poses on my Instagram or anything like that. I'm very, like, I'm very aware yep. of like I don't want to do that. I don't want to portray myself as yeah like that. <laughs> But you know what I mean. Yeah, I know I do. And I, one of my very favorite practices is compassion. Yeah, exactly. Really sitting with this space of how do we cultivate more of that compassion and this deep, true understanding of self Mm -hmm. that allows us then to be in connection and community with others in the same way with compassion and understanding. And, you know, again, coming back to that idea, instead of separation, it's inclusive, it's supportive. It is. And that's Tantra. Yeah. That is, uh, well, that then, is, then that's uh, the real, the real tantra. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that was why, you know, I really wanted to talk with you, Satu, mm. is because I am not that familiar with tantra and those lineages. And, mm. you know, I'd love to learn more and kind of hear a different perspective about <laughs> the path of inquiry that you're on. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I I have to say that I'm I'm no expert, even though I've studied these texts for years. They're so dear to me. But and I yeah, of course I share so much about these findings and kind of these uh, amazingly beautiful teachings that kind of came from kind of a rebellion in a way, because before tantra and classical yoga there was not this idea of unions well i don't want to say it that way <laughs> there was not let's just say this there was not so much of this spiritual liberation and worldly success being not exclusive mm. do you understand yeah. right like we don't have to run away from my, our bodies or anything like that so for like tantra brought embodiment in mm. So that I love. It was not about like practices running away from the body and or like practices going deep within the body and then transcending from the body. And these are very like now I'm very I'm I'm, I am very um, I know that these like classical yoga teachings have many there. There's many dimensions into it. Like I'm not saying it's only that Mm -hmm. it's just how I perceive. So I'm just looking at it from my point of view yeah that's how how my road went when tantra and and in in the in the text many times is said that that's exactly what it was and tantra was like no like i don't you know tantric teachings gave this kind of permission to be a human Mm. so that's beautiful it's like with everything that you are it's okay like not not saying that you should be this, you should be that. No, like, and that's kind of the, <laughs> which, and there's like this huge paradox also. So you should embrace exactly who you are, but then be ready to change in a heartbeat. <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. Yeah. So I really practice that. I really practice that. And since I've practiced that, 
many things have changed and I'm still being very calm. And it has like, if one thing has come like most clearly from the tantric teachings is that I'm very grounded. Mm. I'm very grounded because kind of this, if we look at the worldly success, it's, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to uh, strive for harmony and balance and, and with your work and your family and your mental and physical health Mm -hmm. so that you are worldly happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're, you can, you have an ability to simply just enjoy your life and you can be very successful. You can have money, you can like love clothes and all this that is very, could be looked from classical yoga point of view as like not, not a thing to strive for. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's so, the, you know, the paragraha, the non-grasping, that, exactly. you know, if you're like, oh my gosh, I love designer handbags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tantra says that's okay. Is there a but, point, but, but okay, but. what's the but? There's yes. a but. So the but is that the second goal of spiritual liberation should still be more important. Mm. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of, yes. that's the thing. So like if, if there's n- too much of kind of pursuing a boga, which is the, yeah kind of the worldly success or worldly happiness. There's this thing that if, if, if you lose everything, I, I don't remember where this was. Now I remember it. It's like, if you only strive for that and your spiritual kind of li- like this moksha, you know, spiritual liberation practice is not so important when the, you know, when, ev- when you lose everything, you don't have a safety net to catch you because the spiritual liberation practice is there to, for you to successfully negotiate the challenges of the embodiment. So it's, it's very beautiful in a way that like you be with what is, and then when you lose it, you still find the simple joy of just simply existing. Mm. So that's kind of the, the practice for me Yeah, a lot because I, I felt so, you know, wrong also when I was, very into classical yoga, like, you know, what I was eating, what I was drinking, what I was wearing, all this. Mm. And I know it's not like, it's not supposed to be like this or, you know, but it was just, this is all my experience, right? Right. So when I went, exactly, exactly. But I just don't want to come out as I hate classical yoga. No, I don't. I I love it. I love yoga, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just, uh, because like, we also need to recognize that like the, the yoga that we do nowadays, it has roots in Tantra. Mm -hmm. So there's pranayamas, like chakras, nadis, energy system, all this. And so many like more pranayamas than in classical yoga has come from Tantra, like asana. So many asanas have come from Tantra. There's so many things that come from Tantra into our today, today's world's yoga. So it's, I think it just brings this beautiful practice of being with what is Tantra. Tantra is that, like being what, with what is and having, having these tools from Tantra to actually do that. Hmm. Or do you remember when you were first exposed to Tantra? Like what that looked like or what that experience was? Mm, oh my God. Yeah. But that was Neo-Tantra. <laughs> and w- okay. What's Neo-Tantra? So Neo-Tantra is this, what I like, again, this is not, this is just my humor. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have many Neo-Tantra teachers that I love. Like one is coming to Stockholm very soon. I love her. It's not that, but I call it ladies magazine Tantra. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this kind of. And I, I, I am an advocate for women's empowerment and like the divine masculine and feminine, all this, like, yeah, divine masculine and feminine, you can find in goddesses in, in Tantra, but, but this kind of more sexualized side, it's not Tantra. Mm. It comes from, well, at least my teacher, Christopher talks about that. It comes from the sixties from San Francisco. I don't remember his name now, this dude, that like created these kind of practices. I don't know, like I'm not an expert of, on where that comes from, but it's very clear that sexual practices, eye gazing, all of this, which eye gazing is amazing. And I use it also. It's yeah, not, me too. you know, yeah, but it's not Tantra. It's mm. not like a practice in Tantra, you know, and, and like this kind of these group, well, oh, I don't want to say this, but for a lack of a better example, group masturbation sessions. Mm, yeah. 
Visna Tantra. Yeah. Like I, this is, this is a huge cultural misappropriation mm. when we have these Tantra festivals that is actually, I go through like, like who's there and I don't see any Tantra teachers. I only see Neo Tantra teachers. Mm. So there's no classical Tantric teachings, nothing like that there. And they still call it Tantra. I don't understand. This is like a pet peeve of mine. Ah, like yes. I, I don't like it. I don't, I really don't like it. Hey, Yogi, are you ready to deepen your yoga practice and gain the tools to confidently teach a yoga class? Join the Atman Yoga School for one of their next teacher trainings in Norway with 200 and 340 hour programs and weekend immersions offered around the country. These trainings offer an inclusive, warm and supportive community and are designed to serve the needs of the modern yogi while honoring the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. Check out their website today for more information on the upcoming trainings at atmanyogaschool.com. That is Atman, A-T-M-A-N, yogaschool, in one word, dot com, atmanyogaschool.com. Join the tribe today. I, I have nothing against those practices when they're done with skill and with space holding abilities and like that everybody is safe. Mm -hmm. But I, this is now coming back to my one of, one, of, one of my first experiences that kind of happened again a couple of years ago when I gave Neo Tantra a second shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like the fir first time was like I went to um, a school in Helsinki that was a Tantra, uh, well, quote unquote, Tantra school. Yeah. It's still there. It's Nata, which is that now like actually the founder of Nata is now like called, I think, Paul police is trying to get him for like several years now for like rape raping <gasps> students and stuff like that so oh man and, and that's happening now with agama in thailand also. yeah i've been following yeah. that yep yes so that's that's like neo tantra that's not tantra yeah and it's so bad that they say exactly like in agama they say that they come from like Kashmir shaivism which is my like love yeah. and the teachings come from there. I'm like, no, they don't like maybe some things that they say come from there, but it's so bad that they mix these up. And then people think that's, that's what is. Yeah. It's so bad. But I went there and like the first thing was like, that I didn't like was like, if you're not okay with touching other people, you need to really look into yourself and like, what's wrong with you. Hmm. And I was like, okay. That's like, not very uh, inviting. I, that's, no, that's not. Like, we need boundaries. And, like, we need to really own ourselves in that moment. So if I don't feel like touching people, I won't. And I think it's okay. That's that's me recognizing me, you know. And it's not separation. It's, it's being honest to the state of energy that me is in mm -hmm. <laughs> and all that. So... And then I'd like a couple of years ago, I went to another and it like, I will come in there. And then she's like, so we're going to get naked. If you have a problem, if you have a problem with that, take a hard look into yourself. I'm like, shit. Okay. Um, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> cursing. But I, I was like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> so <laughs> I, oh man. Yeah. I, would I have know. a real hard problem with that. Like just, and it grosses me out too, because I hate, I just, I hate the, the lack of integrity where people exactly. are twisting these spiritual practices into basically a justification to do whatever they want. Yes. And think of people that go there. They, they go there because people are saying Tantra is so healing, blah, yes. blah, blah. And then they go to the, like somebody that is not like me that, you know, I've studied these things, but people that go there and they're like, shit, there's something wrong with me because I don't want to get naked. Yeah. So, in a group you know, of strangers. like it's so bad. It's so manipulative. And like, there's no, like, this is the thing. Like when I get, when I then got into the more kind of classical teachings, there was this huge like sigh out that happened to me. I was like, yes, this mm. is it. Like this, it's not like, being open doesn't mean that I'm just available to everyone and anything. Yeah. Like that's not true. Like that shouldn't be like, it's not, that's not liberation Yeah. for me. Liberation for me is just being completely the finding joy in just simply being me. Yes. That's, that's liberation for me in that sense. I'm not talking about like enlightenment. I'm talking about just liberate, like liberation in life. 
that all yeah. that just sense of, of being calm and present and centered. And, yes, and grounded. Yeah, and able to kind of roll with the ebbs and flows of the energy of life without being pulled off balance. Exactly. So one of the kind of the underlining teachings in Tantra is maybe you've heard of it. It's Spanda. Oh, I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. So the pulsation, like the, the pulsating way that life or consciousness is creating life mm-hmm. in a way. So there's the expansive moments and then there's the contracted condensment that yeah. happens also. And both are you, both are life, both are consciousness as much as the other. Like one is as much as the other. So there's no, this is better than this. And it's it's the, the joy of existence is still there when you're sad. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this beautiful way of looking at kind of life as it's happening through you and you are it though at the same time and there's a huge teaching of finding or i don't want to i don't want to say it in the incorrect way but like just realizing there's a teaching there's a practice realizing consciousness becoming conscious of itself mm-hmm. so even kind of I like it kind of going into it from this point of view. So when you're thinking of loving yourself, even that should be practice of becoming love. So if you're thinking of loving yourself, it's you loving you. Mm-hmm. And that's separation. Yes. There's, you know, like it's not, of course, it's not like, oh, bad separation. No, but it's still kind of the practice is just becoming love. Yes. So that's why I talk a lot in my classes and in my teaching about getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. So really realizing like, what is the truth in everything? And like, and then maybe kind of expanding into it in a way that you can just lean into it very intimately. And, and maybe, maybe then when you practice this, you will find joy. Yeah. Just it, it, and it's not this like extravagant, and again, joy. It's just this calm, peaceful, beautiful uh, sigh out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, more of that equanimity. And yes, I love that word. I love that word. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I think we're striving towards. If we have an honest heart, you know, with yeah. the, towards the practice and we, we genuinely want to embody these practices. Yeah. And, you know, I honestly think I hate to say it, but I honestly think there are a lot of people, yoga students and yoga teachers, who are not approaching the practice from a very honest space. And I think that becomes really dangerous for people who are their students. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and I, I think it's unfortunately this kind of yoga scene that is yeah. that is making it happen. Yeah. And it's not like it's not their fault per se. Of course I'm not I'm not ruling out narcissistic behavior and all this. Like, yeah, I, I can see that's there too. But many times it's just like, you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to get famous. Yeah. This is like new thing. Now I've never, like, it's amazing. Like in my teaching career, I've never thought of it once that I want to become famous. Yeah. Never. Like once. And now I'm like, should I be thinking about that? What? Like, <laughs> like what is this? Uh, yeah it's <laughs> like what <laughs> you know what I mean like, yeah I do know what you mean and oh. it's yeah and it's just happened like literally in like the last five years yes yeah totally it never was there before and you know I will say this too which um I feel like you're kind of a kindred spirit and so you're probably gonna I agree with what I'm about to say but I will say too this is a little off topic but it you were talking about your pet peeve within the tantric community. And one of my pet peeves in the yoga community is um, teachers who maybe have a platform, um, uh, you know, have some notoriety or influencers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they talk about proudly how they're self-taught yogis. And yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have the same pet peeve. Nobody's saying who their teacher was. uh, Yeah. Nobody is putting on. Oh my God. I have that too. I'm sorry. Like my hair just literally stood up. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I mean like I don't understand like please let us know your teachers let us know your lineage I would so respect that yeah so respect that that is kind of the way of yoga way of tantra also it's not like 
in tantra there's still a guru mentality but it's not like guru like a, like a, in a bad way it's it and i'm not talking about my guru is this and my guru is that no but it's still like these can be traced into this person writing this beautiful beautiful piece of art yes beautiful like stream of consciousness as language here like amazing beautiful writing of an experience of life and it, like tantras are said to be kind of like like tools for life well i think that's what all the practices should be yes i think so too definitely yeah but i totally i agree self-taught yogis which is great but yeah i mean we have to have some level of self-study in the the tapas the discipline definitely to keep ourselves going and, and staying the course even when you know we wake up and we're like eh, i don't want to get out of bed i don't want to do my practice well we do our practice yes. whatever that is if that's the yeah. pranayama the meditation the inquiry or the asana. yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be two hours it can be no. 20 minutes sometimes that's the thing like many people kind of think that you need to practice two hours a day to be a yogi no 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 it's just it just needs to be there Exactly. It just needs to yeah. be consistent and steady. And we have to have the intention of it being a spiritual practice. Exactly. For it to be, you know, different than say Zumba. <laughs> yes. Aware. Which could be a spiritual practice if you would put that intention in. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I exactly. totally agree with that. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see the trajectory that, that this practice and this industry is taking on now in terms of where it's, we're going, yeah. but it's, I'm finding for myself anyways, um, and then I'd love to hear what your thoughts are in, mm -hmm. from a teaching perspective. Um, I don't know if it's just a product of me getting older or just my, my spiritual practice is changing. And rather than kind of being pulled into these really like heated, yang, intense practices that so mm -hmm. many people are just like really attracted to spouting off like this is how you know, you should be sweating. And I love to sweat in my vinyasa for sure. But more than that, I'm really finding myself being attracted to the practices of softening and yeah, stepping into more quiet and more stillness. And you know, that's what this podcast is all about. Like, can mm -hmm. we have conversations about the stillness? which I understand might not be quite as sexy as somebody in a bikini doing a handstand, but uh, this is the direction I want my practice to be traveling in. And yes. hopefully my, my colleagues and other people that I surround myself with also. Isn't there a nice little yoga sutra also about steadiness and ease, huh? Yes, we <laughs> so, got a little yeah. stira and sukha, so, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's why I think... I don't know, like people say they go training when they go to yoga. I don't, I just get like, oh, yeah, you can say it's a training of becoming the truest you or something, but like they mean like training their muscles and stuff yeah. like that, you know, like training their body when it's not, it's not, it's like I said, like com coming back into what to me, it's energy. It's, it's like, l it's liberation. It's, yeah. it's softening a lot and it's stillness in movement. So when people think of stillness, they think of which, well, I obviously do meditation every day. And then my body, outer body, I call it outer body is mm. still, but the inner body is still moving. Like yeah. energy is still moving. Everything like my heart is still pulsing. There is movement all the time because you're alive. Yeah. Right. But to really find stillness in that is the major practice of, I think, yoga. Mm. Definitely. Just to find this kind of, what in embodied flow that I also represent, like I'm a senior teacher there, is this samadhi in action. Mm. They, they call it that, like that. Mm. I think it's very beautiful. So that, yeah, the stillness would just be there, like pauses would just be there. And space would just be there. And you don't, like, we're so, like, oh, and I'm wired to get more, do more, blah, 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 all the time, more, more, more. And like, I actually was in a yoga class right now in my studio and it was just, I was observing because one of the, the students was like very stressed, you know, mm. and there's so much like resistance to get the outer body to get still. It's like, it's very, it's, it's very interesting for me because I like, 
I love movement and intuitive movement and all that, but I, I see so much reactive movements. Mm. So that, that's the like responsive movements. Yes. Reactive movements. No, or I don't want to say yes or no, but yeah, <laughs> in, in, if, if we want to strive for that softening and that stillness, right. So to find these, what we call gap times, there's like a space between whatever stimulus is coming from the outside world and then our respond, response to it. Yes, it's the sacred pause. Exactly. <laughs> and that comes back into like how I then, again, from the classical yoga, found myself into tantra because that tantra is all about relationship with the, everything that is. Mm. So, yeah. And with that, like integrity, that pause, that gap time, that yeah. like recognition that I'm, we're recognizing this moment, how, like how it actually is and not just like projecting or making up a story, but being with the energy that maybe we'll definitely have feelings and emotions, but not like dropping, letting go of the story, but still being with the energy of it is yeah. good, I think. Well, and I, I think we are so afraid of unpleasant emotion Oh my God, yes. We just, we repress, we avoid, we distract. And, you know, I, I think the practice of the yoga is just what you're saying, to sit with it and do yeah. so in a non-reactive way and just say, hmm, isn't that interesting? This is temporary. This yes. will chat, whether it's a good emotion or, a, a, you know, a less pleasant emotion, it's all temporary. It's all elusive. It's all ebbing and flowing with, you know, the life force Ebb and the vibration around. Everything is. Yeah. yeah. And if we're not willing to look into the shadow side of our being, then we're never going to be able to fully integrate all aspects of ourself and, and mm -hmm. that spark of the divine within us. Yeah. And I, I love to consider, and I wonder if this is like a tantric thing, um, you know, the shadow and the shadow work and that mm. maybe looking into thoughts or behaviors or patterns that are very human and yes, very much in the now. That's tantric. And there's also, there's this thing called shadow yoga. You mm -hmm. should look it up. That, that's very tantric yoga. Hmm. I, I'm, I've been looking into their trainings also. Maybe I want to do that one, one time, one day. Cool. Well, I will it's actually look a it thing, actually a thing, shadow yoga. Hmm. So I don't know so much about it, but it was just recommended by my teacher also Yeah. to look into it. And there's a lot of movement and still, but it's more like it's like peeling off layers and like getting your body ready for the unimpeded movement of prana, like mm. of consciousness. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, yeah, that's my whole thing also nowadays. So hmm. yeah, that's very much tantric. You see, that's like tantra is such a human thing. It's like, it is within us, all yeah. of us. It is. It's like, it's not nothing mumbo jumbo, like, <laughs> like, and it's not, it's not, it's, of course, it's written in a very esoteric way many times. Yeah. So you got to really, it's, it's a contemplative practice. You mm. need to contemplate on the words. You need to contemplate on the sutras, right? Mm -hmm. And really sit with them. But it's still very much down to earth, I think. That's just my, my experience. Yeah, well, it sounds wonderful. And, mm. you know, I'm going to definitely be, doing a little bit more research now trying to find like, okay, where, where can I go to learn more from like a, a teacher that I would trust? And I'm wondering if you have any resources or recommendations for Scandinavian Tantra teachers. Yes. Yes. Well, Scandinavian Tantra teachers, there's not so many. Yeah. There's up and coming teacher that I use in my trainings. I've also trained him mm. as a yoga teacher, but yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a teacher. So and he's, he's now, he was in one of my trainings and he was amazing. Mike Levermore, but, but he's like an up and coming teacher. I use him, but like from just go to scholars first, like scholars and they, there's no Scandinavian scholars as mm -hmm. I believe, but Christopher Wallace is my teacher and he is coming to Stockholm to visit now. It's actually fully booked already. But, but he will probably come back more and yeah, there's not so many. That's the thing. Mm. Like, re like really like good 
non-dual tantra teachers. Yeah. But Sally Kempton is amazing also. She's American. Yeah, Chris, she Chris, is yeah. yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, there's many out out of Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't say that I am like uh, like them at all. Of course, I'm I'm a student. I I see myself more as a student. But of course, in my trainings, I teach tantra. Yes. And yes, definitely. But I'm not a scholar or anything like that. And I just it's more like a conversation. And but it's still it's it's a beautiful beautiful practice to share and all these tools. And texts. So I have like many books that I can recommend. Like first, of course, like Christopher's book, if you really want to kind of know about where Tantra comes from, and especially the Kashmir Shaivism, he has a book called Tantra Illuminated. That's like the Tantra book to read. Okay. But then if I think for you, this is like me just intuitively thinking of Mm -hmm. you. Recognition Sutras. Recognition Sutras. Yeah, and that's uh, the translator is from Christopher Wallace. It's so it's the it's like my Bible. Mm. It's so beautiful. It is so down to earth. It is like I cry. I've cried so many times reading it mm. because oh, of be, because get it recognition uh-huh, of the self. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yes. So so amazing. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for those recommendations. And uh, that's the other thing about yogis, man. We all, we just, we tend to be book nerds. Totally. <laughs> like, uh, that was when I moved here two years ago and my husband and I packed up our house and stuff and I had to get rid of so many of my beloved books. And it was the hardest thing actually was getting rid of my books more than anything else. And Mm-hmm. I've slowly been rebuilding. I think I, I ended up bringing like about a hundred books with me, like all of my, my text and reference yoga books that I couldn't yes. part with, but I still had to let go of some other yoga books mm-hmm. where I'm just like, ah, oh, I missed that. And so good. These will, these will be purchased very yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> and like I do, what I do nowadays is the Kindle. Oh, like I yeah. have 100, 130 books in Kindle, but I have my favorite books, of course, like the hard as copy. books. Yeah. 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 It's hard to beat, you know. When you I know. Underline yeah. and write in the sides and yeah, all that stuff. So. I love that too. But like, I was just like, I need so many books to come with me when yeah. I travel. So I, that there was no other way. <laughs> <laughs> your your carry on is just like, yeah, 25 yeah. bucks. <laughs> well, I, ha- usually I bring my harmonium. So that's oh, it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's that's all you've got room for. Mm. I'm just curious about are there any specific um tantric meditation practices that you do or is it more just kind of steeped in the those contemplation and inquiry types of Well, things? I do love Sally's because they're very there is many like very specific tantric meditation. For example, in in the Tantra Illuminated and like what I've learned from my tantra teachers like Sally Kempton and all that. Uh, but then there's stuff that I love the, the things that come through them. So they're more in the now. Do you understand that? Like mm-hmm. that are like really inspired by the traditional things and really respect them. But there's, for example, the, um, what I, what I practice a lot is the cave of the heart and how that cave kind of is supposed to be as uh, spacious as possible. So what I, and how I teach it is the emptiness of the heart, which is mm. not sad. It's, it's great. So it's more like this kind of meditation on breathing into the heart and breathing out to the back of the heart so mm. that anything that we take to our hearts and all of this, like this filled up heart will empty so that it can be filled again. Mm-hmm. Cause the heart is the master of being in the flow, but we're the masters of getting in the way of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's it right there. So, so that's not, it's not like a specific, you know, I, I just want to make it clear. It's not a specific meditation from these texts but it's inspired by these texts. Mm. But there are many, there are many, many other things in the books. Yeah. Oh. But that I, I really, I love that. It sounds just, it sounds wonderful. Meditation. 
yeah. to create, yes, that expansiveness. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of this, that you are love for anyone and everything as much as you are love for the person that you love the most. Mm. When you don't reserve that love for them only, yeah. then it can be there for all the nows in your life. Mm. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. It's, it is very beautiful. Well, <sighs> we are wrapping up here. And uh, the final question that really is kind of the, the heart of what this podcast is about is the question I ask everybody. And it is, what or who would you be if you could get still enough and quiet enough to listen to the wisdom within? I would be the truest me. Mm. <laughs> That's still there. Yeah. That is, yes, that is that is it. I would, yeah. I, and I've I have to say that I've had those experiences mm. in my pra- in my practices, and it's um, it's almost as if there would you would like. It's hard to explain. It's almost as if you would be so filled with your presence that you could not be more yeah I don't I don't know if that makes sense but yeah well I think it I think I know what you're saying because it kind of comes back to that idea you were talking about earlier where rather than there being that separation of like oh I feel love you Mm -hmm. actually just become that love without boundary without identification and for you talking about being the truest version of yourself and having had that experience of of what that feels like Mm. I would imagine that would be rather than having that you know observe the observer moment of like oh I'm my truest self right in this very second Mm. (laughs) it's more just that like oh this is me yeah it's like it's an actual like experience of it yeah like completely like everywhere in your in in everywhere yeah (laughs) so Ah, I don't, it's, it's, and, and I, I strongly, I, I truly believe that when that happens, you will not want to be anything else. Mm. You understand? Like yeah. if it truly happens, then you, you will be what you're meant to be like you're, and that will be only in alignment with everything else in this universe and then there would not be anything that would like destroy this universe because mm. everything would be aligned. And I'm not saying that that means that there won't be sorrow, there won't be, you know, sadness or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. It's, I'm just saying that everything would just be aligned and, and would support each other becoming what they're supposed to become. become. Mm. God. I don't know. What, yeah. a, what a dream, right? That's a ride, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we could find that kind of forgiveness and ability to to tap into something beyond what we know, yeah. you know, because that comes back to that courage element too. Like, are we willing to step into the unknown with the faith and belief that it will be better than anything mm. we can imagine? Yeah. We have that connection to source, and we actually are in that pulse or that vibration of the source we are the source then yeah Mm -hmm. it's like that's the thing and it's i wish it could continue forever but i i i still think that i have this conversation all the time with my friends and my teachers i still think that to a certain amount we need to be in separation because that separation is like dualism is in the non-dualism it's Mm -hmm. also in there so it's part of it you know like we still need to be here serving we still need to be here as we uniquely are yeah you know so if we would just be the source we would just not leave our beds because we would just be glad right yeah (laughs) and not you know like well and that's 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 the that's the paradox again (laughs) yeah well and that's the Samkhya philosophy though with the Purusha and the Prakriti and we the Prakriti must be in existence for the Purusha to realize itself yeah you know I mean another conversation for another day but you know this is the point of the practice too is you know from what I've been taught from my teachers is Mm -hmm. how do we surround ourselves with other people who are on the path and moving in the same direction we are. And when we're able to surround ourselves by other seekers and have these conversations, like this is a form of yoga, having a spiritual connection through conversation and the joint exploration of ideas and 
you know, what do you think? And what do you think? And what's your experience then? It's, yeah. it's uplifting. It is. And we should have them more. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the time. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That's, oh man. It's my jam. I love it. It's, it's so great. And oh, I just, I want to thank you so much, Satu, for sitting down and, you know, having this conversation with me and, and sharing your views and experience and teachings. Thank you. I've truly enjoyed it. And um, I'm going to check out now all of your podcasts because like, yeah, you're, you're definitely like doing something amazing here. So thank you. I appreciate good, that. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a labor of love, you know, but it's, um, it, <laughs> If you don't find what you want, you have to build it. So I'm, I'm trying to gather in more of the truth seekers on this path. And Story of my life. Yeah, create that community. <laughs> also, and, yeah. um, you know, in the show notes, we'll put in uh, your website. And if there's anything else, you can just let me know. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, put the link to that book, Tantra Illuminated, since Christopher yeah, is, is your sure. teacher. If you'd like to do yeah. that. We'll figure that out. And again, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.